Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 welcome to the advocate with your host nick phillips and now here's your host nick phillips welcome cleveland to another edition of the advocate i'm your host nick phillips and i'm here with your co-host kathy lux hi kathy, nick i'm hi kathy how are you i'm doing well how about you good we made it for another week we did well you know i'm always interested in health and how we're doing and uh, it's great that we're both here. It is. I have with us Chris Phillips, uh, who is our healthcare person. Chris, thank you for joining us. Oh, always a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, we're, we're going to ask today for an update on, on how we're doing uh, with regard to uh, general healthcare. And again, for those who haven't heard you before, you, you're a returning guest on The Advocate. Uh, but tell us a little about yourself and what do you do and, and how many people do you work with? Yeah, I'm proud to be kind of your healthcare correspondent here and really bring it to Clevelanders specifically and kind of what's going on right now. I really try to make this very practical. So I'm a career nursing executive um, for about 30 years. Um, I'm over clinical operations of a very large national practice. Um, over 3,000 healthcare providers, over 4 million patients. Um, I oversee a team of about 20 nurses who work around the clock. So I really have a front seat and a practical seat to what's going on out there. Um, yeah, so I thought this would be great just to kind of bring everyone up to date with what, what we're seeing from the health system mm-hmm. on what's going on. Well, with you and your 20 nurses and your 3 million patients, uh, you're you're right at the tip of the spear, I always call it. And if anything is going on out there, you're going to hear about it. You'll be slammed with issues. Uh, let's let's start with COVID. Is that finally over? Where, where are we? I yeah, you know, practically speaking, I think so. Um, I know for myself, uh, two weeks ago, I flew out to Washington D.C. And on the plane, uh, no one was wearing masks, <laughs> including the stewardess and uh, the pilots and. As I was in the back of the plane, I, I chatted with the stewardess. They said, look, you guys fly all these big international flights. No one's wearing masks. Are you all getting sick? They said, no, yep, we're, we're pretty good. Um, I also had a really nice dinner out with our top doctors and specialists. Uh, treated them out for dinner one night out of the town. Nobody's wearing masks, including them. We were all asymptomatic. Uh, of course, I'm also right now, even as we speak, I'm on the Ohio Health um, Data Important Statistic page. And yeah, all the key metrics are, are very low, controllable. So I would I would say yes. I mean, you know, even Fauci recently said, along with other experts, look, you know, COVID is it's it's in our human experience now. It's not going away, but it's definitely at a at a controllable rate. As I look at Ohio right now, um, the actual hospitalized COVID cases are somewhere around um, 2 to 3% of hospital patients are hospitalized because of that. That's a good indicator right there, right? So yeah, oh, there we go. So it, Yeah, it, and along with that. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I did read recently, I believe, 
in the Akron Beacon Journal, but I could be wrong, that our COVID cases in Ohio have decreased uh, two weeks in a row. So it's just continuing to go down. Yeah, it's really normalized, I, I believe, as, as another common, you know, nuisance virus. Whether you were vaccinated or not, you know, you've probably had it enough or been around enough vaccinated people who have that immunity that it, it's worked its way almost into the normal, um, you know, infectious control genome system. I asked one of our top docs um, over dinner, um, you know, what about the next pandemic? And, and they just said this is really a very natural progression that happens quite a bit. Oh, my. Well, let's hold on to that thought, though, for a moment. And we're going to take a short break. We're talking to Chris Phillips about public health going on right now in the spring of 2023. I'm Nick Phillips with Kathy Lux, and we'll be right back after these words. Stay with us. Don't go away. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with Kathy Lux. Kathy. Hi. How are you? (laughs) Still good. And we have Chris Phillips here. And we're talking about uh, pretty much what's going on here in the health care area. Right now in the spring, it's now it's nice in spring here in 2023. Uh, Chris, thank you very much um, for joining us. And you were talking before the break about um, pretty much what is the status of COVID, and it's pretty much uh, died out for the most part, right? Yeah, yeah, and it it seems like from a you know a health system perspective, infectious control system perspective, we we really are kind of back into. Um, kind of the normal and next <laughs> uh, pandemic waiting system, uh, kind of waiting for what's next around the corner. Um, seems like, you know, COVID has really stabilized within our genome pool. And, you know, just about everybody, whether they're vaccinated or not, has some sort of resistance and coping mechanisms to deal with it. It's still highly contagious. It's still a nuisance, but that's about it. Well, excellent. What, what are the doctors preparing for now? Is there anything on the horizon or... Uh, are you going to be out of business because they're not going to need healthcare anymore? <laughs> oh boy, I kind of wish, right? Um, <laughs> from a practical perspective, you know, actually there is a, a just a tsunami of changes and normalization coming back to doctors' practices, hospitals, and health systems overall. A lot of people don't realize this, and this really will affect their day-to-day life with healthcare. You know, first of all big in the news right now is because the COVID pandemic emergency is over and the Biden administration and government has deemed it over, a lot of the regulatory changes that were put on hold throughout the emergency pandemic have now been, um, are no longer going to be suspended. Um, So there is going to be a lot of regulation rolling back out to hospitals and health systems on every level um, that's going to, you know, kind of increase you know, hopefully both their quality, but some some reporting burdens that they have. Um, nursing homes are going to have to really step back up into a very, you know, high and increasing quality performance. Um, a lot of things that were allowed or, or where hospitals or doctors were allowed more liberty, they were allowed to use more nurse practitioners during the emergency. They're allowed to uh, maybe prescribe controlled substances over the phone a little bit more easily. Rural hospitals were more funded during that time. A lot of those are rolling back. So the, the healthcare system overall is going to be tightening their belt again. Um, apart, on the back end of that, hospitals and doctor's offices are still experiencing both some financial and staffing crunches. You know, a number of nurses and medical people have kind of left 
um, medicine during the height of COVID. Hopefully they'll come back, but they're going to be dealing with some some long-term staffing crunches, hoping to turn that around. Um, they're going to see an increase in planned surgeries. So a lot of us, if we had a planned surgery, like a knee replacement or hip, um, we're going to be making those arrangements again, or maybe plastic surgery. Um, and we're also going to see what you're all seeing in the news feeds. And that is kind of a mixed infectious disease um, or maybe more of a dynamic infectious disease outbreak. You know, um, we had that scare in the wintertime about RSV kind of hitting older people and kids. I mean, that was kind of out of place for older people. Um, big in the news right now is this new uh, deadly fungus that's going around, um, which is, uh, I, uh, I got to get that article pulled up, but it's, it's affecting a very small population. Um, of mostly nursing home and home health care patients with um, kind of fungal or yeast infections. So I think we're going to kind of still see things a little out of whack. And um, it'll be important that you just, you know, self-monitor closely and be ready for things like that. Do we see where there's an overall more uh, maybe conscious awareness of public health now since the COVID experience we've all had? Oh, I love that question. Yes. I mean, I think we all have become somewhat infectious disease experts of our own lives and our own families. And, um, yeah, as someone who's been a career nurse for, you know, over 30 years, um, I remember I, I was talking to other nurses about this. Most of us ignored or didn't really want to get into infectious disease. Uh, we just did the bare minimum. And certainly, our elementary students and parents and family members didn't want to really study it either. But I think, if anything, um, we've had a really big population group lesson on good hygiene, understanding what's really an infection, what's not, how to prevent infections, what to do when you have one. Um, some of the schools that I've personally consulted in Washington, D.C., I mean, elementary schools, there is an elementary school of just really little kids, you know, like K through three, that won a national award from the CDC for kind of mask and disease awareness in the elementary school system. So um, we are very hopeful that if and when the next, you know, in big infection or pandemic hits, um, you know, we're positive that the public and the health system will be better uh, prepared to deal with it especially for this cohort of people who've experienced 2020 <clears throat> through 2022, I mm -hmm. suppose. So, so Chris, you mentioned RSV. Um, you know, th there was also this flu going around. Yeah. Um, that was, was pretty awful. D is that on the decline? Is, do you know? Yeah, all the above, all the above. We're kind of coming into that nice spring, you know, kind of that, that nice uh, spring oasis where the typical winter viruses are kind of all on a decline. Um, it was very confusing, especially right after the holidays, right after Christmas, New Year's, uh, because a number of these diseases presented with the same type of symptoms, chills, malaise, fever. Um, but all of that seems to be on the decline and um, so, yeah, that's that's more positive news. And it has to it has to give us a break on that end, so we can all get ready for the spring allergies. 
Hey, you know what? You took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly <laughs> right. And um, yeah, and and that's where you really, you really, be, you need to become your own healthcare expert and sleuth. You know, um, as this, you know, runny eyes, congestion, and maybe a dry cough. Um, is that typical of your own allergies um, with lack of an actual fever over 100, malaise, um, or deep chest cough? You know, it's usually just allergies. Mm-hmm. I'm experiencing it already. So <laughs> I'm speaking from experience on that. <laughs> you know, and I was so proud of our nurses. I, I mentioned this before, but uh, either phone, telephonic nurses or virtual doctors have really gotten good over the last two and a half years. Our nurses, including myself, when I still take live calls from patients, I can really sense in their voice if they happen, or even if a baby is coughing in the background, I can usually discern if I think this is croup, RSV, just a common cold. Um, so yeah, we've, we've all gotten really much better because we've had to through a lot of virtual and telephonic care. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, moms do after, right? you know, with a lot of children that, you know, once they've experienced it, they they can say, oh, no, that cough is from their allergies or that it, yeah, so. Chris, is there any succinct advice you can give us generally to how to keep uh, our our wellness at a high level and what we should be doing now since we, we don't have pandemics now? We can get about our life uh, hopefully smarter than we have in the past. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is the time. So, you know, I'm a real crusader and evangelist for primary care, for primary care provider, you know, really um, vetting, finding, establishing a very strong primary care provider relationship for yourself and your family before you need one. And if this is kind of a respite for everybody, you know, hospitalization's down, not everyone's running around crazy anymore, you definitely want to do this before, you know, either the next pandemic comes or you get sick or, or you develop either a chronic condition or another chronic condition. It is so hard, so hard when you're in need. And I work with people on all levels of healthcare need and challenges to access health care if you're not engaged with primary care. You know, to show up to a random urgent care, we know no one likes doing that. To show up to a random virtual visit, like through ZocDoc, where they don't know you and you don't know them and you're trying to explain for the first time your entire medical history just does not work, especially with increases in medical liability and all that. So, you know, please, please, um, Really, if you don't have a primary care provider, you're not happy with them. If your children or grandchildren don't have a pediatrician, now is the time to really deep dive. Find one who has a great healthcare network, you know, like some of the big networks out here, Cleveland Clinic, University Health, uh, SUMA. I don't want to let anyone leave University, Cleveland Clinic, any of those, you know. You got them all. Uh, uh, all right. No, Metro. Oh, Metro. Okay. Uh, Metro. There you go. I knew there was one. Um <laughs> Make sure, you know, just about every primary care has a great tech stack now. You know, when you go there, you'll get invited to the patient app on your smartphone. Please do that um, because invest in your annual wellness visit <laughs> and mm. do your screenings. And, and, and do your, you know, whatever screenings, mammograms, colonoscopies, blood, all of that. That all, that all sounds great. We're going to take a short break. 
Chris will be back with Chris Phillips and talking about public health here in a moment. Don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips and Kathy Lux and Chris Phillips talking about public health. Don't Stay go away. with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with Kathy Lux. Hey, Kathy, hi again. And <laughs> goodbye. This is our last segment. It is. And so, Chris, we're happy to have you with us today. I have uh, one question for you. So you, you, you touched on this, but... Um, you're telling us now that doctors are are going to be more uh, free of or have more time to get back to regular medicine and those sorts of things. Um, but they're still, they're still short staffed that I know. Um, how soon do you think, what, what are your thoughts on um, timelines when you're trying to get into a doctor? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I had my own experience where, I had to, I, I wanted a, a doctor, a, a cardiology appointment, and the cardiologist couldn't get me in for six months. Mm, you could yeah, be dead in six months. Seriously, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no, this is a huge challenge for us behind the scenes, too. We take this very seriously, and we have some great, um, some great solutions that are being used in most large high-tech health systems now. Um, so as far as general staffing goes, what, when to see it return, you know, I'm, I'm a, long-term veteran in healthcare, like I said, 30 years or so. And we've seen these ebb and flows before, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. nursing and provider shortages um, come and go, you know, hopefully it's settling down now. It's not ridiculously difficult to work in a hospital or or provider office right now. So that's good news. So we're hoping a number of them will come back, uh, whether it's nurses, medical assistants, or or doctors. So that's good news. and getting back to my other point, you, you really want to be vested with a primary care provider, pediatrician, or internal medicine provider who has a great technology stack. And, um, and what I mean by that, you, you get their, your, their patient app, all of that. There's been a huge revolution in specialist virtual visits. And right before COVID, it was kind of like that, that restaurant app that nobody used <laughs> because, you know, they just weren't used to it. They didn't believe in it. Or like the Walmart, you know, app, you know, nobody used it. And then COVID hit and, oh, my gosh, you know, every, you know, family started using it. Now specialists are cleared and using um, virtual apps. And um, there's two large providers out there um, that we're using now in primary care. And now get this, if you're actually in your primary care doctor's office and they say, you know what? I'm a little worried about your EKG. Let's do a curbside cardiology consult. Hold on. They'll press a button. Um, they'll get a cardiologist to join your visits. And the turnaround times, I'm not making this up, the turnaround times are one minute or under. Some of these companies just have large banks of cardiologists who take turns being in an on-call queue for primary care. They'll consult immediately with you. And then decide if you need to go ahead and schedule for a real cardiologist in person or did they give your primary care enough direction on how to handle it to the next how, step. How do you know whether or not your health care organization has that capability? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I would think if, if you're running into it, you need to ask them. You need to specifically ask, um, you know, kind of probably the key question would be, um, you know, what's the general turnaround time for a specialist referral? And if you really want to talk the biz, 
Ask them if they can do curbside consults. That's kind of the buzzword, curbside consults. And what's the turnaround time? And um, whether it's the um, practice administrator or some leaders, you know, somebody in administration behind the desk, that is a metric that they should really know and understand. Because you're right, not only could you possibly die, we joked about it, but you all, your health could also really be slipping if you have to wait two or three or six weeks to get into you know an endocrinologist or into mm-hmm. a cardiologist. So this Spe- has been a sure, situation. especially if you have one of these conditions that's accelerating in its deterioration. But yeah. uh, well, anyway, we appreciate your curbside consult, Chris. Uh, yeah, there you go. Anytime. Sounded pretty optimistic to me. So we're going to enjoy the spring now. We're not worrying about other than just keeping track of our own health. That will that will be a welcome welcome reprieve. So well, well thank the health, the health system is greater and more leaner and ready to help you and be there for you. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Chris. We appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Nice talking with you, Chris. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a healthy, safe, and good week. Take care, everybody. Bye now. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until